excited about uh, all that we've already seen. What an incredible, uh, incredible Sunday we had last Sunday. Amen. And uh, just carries over all week long uh, into what God has done, what God is doing. Um, I just want to say this. Look, and I'm not telling you, I know... For some of us that we've already committed, we're here at 11 and then we're here at the 4 p.m. service. Uh, you know, there are some Sundays, I'm just going to be honest, there are some Sundays where we're like, man, whew, be nice to go home and just sleep after we get done here on Sunday at, at 11. Be nice. But, but some of us, we've committed and we stayed. Well, the ones who stayed last Sunday and the ones who came to the 4 p.m. service, they were not disappointed. The power of God, amen, moved in a special way and God reminded us He can do everything. He can do everything. Amen. And so, I want to just... I want to just encourage you. I know that you know some of you think, well, he's about to push me to try to be here at 4 p.m. No, I'm just saying when you show up, just really show up. Amen. Right. Amen. You know, don't, don't show up and say, well, you know, I'll see what they have to entertain me today. Show up and give God some praise. Amen. Amen. And see if he doesn't show up in your situation. Hallelujah. God wants to do something great in this place today. Amen. I'm so thankful for all of you that are here, everyone that's watching online. Amen. A lot of people check us out online before they come, so thank you for checking us out. We hope to see you in person soon. Today, we're going to continue our series. Don't leave me yet, Brother Cooper. Amen. We don't, we, we don't want to miss out on what God's doing. Amen. So today, we're going to continue the series called Overbooked. It'll actually probably be the last Sunday, uh, but the last few Sundays, we've discussed a few important topics. Uh, many of you have taken them to heart. Some of you have not taken them to heart. I hope. Amen. If you've missed it, you'll catch up. But we talked about releasing your worry. Amen. Anybody still have the tendency to want to worry this last week? Right? It's like it comes back. You have to continually preach to yourself after the fact. Like we can preach in here. You can hear the Word of God. But then you have to apply the Word of God by preaching it to yourself a lot. And then we talked about uh, not sacrificing our walk with God for money or material possessions, you know, the, the Sunday right after Black Friday, because it's just not worth it. Amen. It's just not worth it. There's a lot of things that you can invest in in this life, but material possessions and things that are going to pass away, just not worth it. Amen. Amen. And we live in this culture that views dependence as a weakness. You know, they say, well, money gives you liberty. Money makes, uh, makes you be able to have choices. But the Bible calls us to be 100% dependent on God. Those two things are kind of, they kind of go against each other, right? Our culture is telling us, you know, you need to get all the money you can, have all the money you can, make all the money you can. And the Bible says you need to be 100% dependent on God and God will keep us from feeling the need to overbook ourselves. But sometimes we lose that. So, you know, today we're going to talk about something that's very important. We're going to talk about trust. Look at your neighbor and say, who do you trust? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? How many of you trust me? Okay, good. I hope I never do anything to betray that trust. But let me just say this. If anything should ever happen and I lose your trust, I'm not the one who you should trust the most. I'm just going to put it out there. Let me make it really plain. I'm not the one. If, if, if for some reason something stupid I say or do causes me to lose your trust, please don't ever stop trusting God. Amen. Amen. Don't ever stop trusting God. Now, it's my responsibility. I'm doing the very best I can to try to make it to where you don't lose trust in me because your trust in me has a lot to do with your trust in God. And, and you trust me because you trust in God and you know that God's going to do great things. So uh, I don't want to ever do anything to misplace that trust or hurt that trust. But I want us to read together two verses of Scripture today, which I'm going to preach uh, over the next few minutes. And I really, by the time we leave today, I want us to have this in our spirits. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the King James Version. It reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. In the message version, if you read not just verses 5 and 6, but if you actually read a little further, 
It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under His loving correction. It's the child He loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all this. Amen. Amen. What a powerful, powerful passage. And I want to talk to us for the next few moments on this very simple subject, In God We Trust. In God we trust. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you, God, for each and every one that's here. Help me to do a great job in a short time today because their attention spans are dwindling. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. I realize it's the holiday season and people don't have much attention span. So if you'll stay with me and help me preach, I'll do the very best I can in a short amount of time. So this passage does not tell us to trust our own heart. The popular notion that we should follow our heart. Anybody ever been told that? Oh, just follow your heart. You know, somehow that, that's lacking because the, the, that's not accurate at all. It's not good at all, actually. When you follow your heart, a lot of times you do the wrong thing. Anybody ever followed your heart and wished you hadn't? Yes. You're like, man, I followed my heart. I, I was doing what I thought. Of. Yeah, and how did that turn out? In heartache and heartbreak, right? Uh, things that you thought you, you had to have, you didn't have to have. Our hearts cannot be trusted. They are deceptive. The Scripture tells us this. They have mixed motives at best. Our hearts are not pure and they're not always right, but we can direct our heart to someone who is reliable and someone who can be trusted. We can rely on the God who will never give up on us. It's only as we learn to trust God and not ourselves that God guides us. You see, as long as we uh, are willing to shut God out, as long as we're willing to do our own thing, God, just leave me alone. I can make my own choices. He will allow us to make a mess of things. He's, he's gracious like that. You know, He's like, okay, you want to do this? You got it. It's yours. Go. But biblically, the, the, the heart does not merely just equal emotions. It's rather the very center of our being. It's our decision-making process is what the Scripture talks about. It is the constant part of us that doesn't change. It's the part of us that determines the value of things. We may not feel like trusting God, but we must preach it ourselves that we are able to trust God and that we have every reason to trust God and that He's never let us down. So that's why we trust God. Amen. In God we trust. Why? Because my heart has let me down. Other people have let me down. Leadership has let me down, but God has never let me down. Amen. Amen. And some people say, well, well, God, you know, he, he didn't do what I thought He should do. That's not letting you down. That's right. How many of you do what your kids think you're going to do? Right. right? How many of you have ever had your kids, well, I thought we were going to... No, plans changed. <laughs> Things are different than what you thought they were going to be because I have a bigger perspective than your perspective. You know, all you're thinking about is what do I eat next and how can I play with my friends and how can I have fun and how can I get this next video game or whatever it is. And, and I'm thinking, you know, how, what, where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in ten years? I'm trying to train you for bigger things in life. Now, now you kind of stark at me, but, you know, it's just like that for us. We're thinking about, God, how can I have more fun? And how can I do this? And how can I have... And God's like, well, let, let me see what's best for you in the long run. And so sometimes the things that we think that God should have done, He doesn't do the way that we thought He would do them. Somebody said to me uh, the other day, they said, you know, God can do everything. Remember, Pastor, God can do everything. And I said, yes, He can. I believe that with all my heart. Here's the deal, though. He doesn't always do it on my timetable. And He doesn't always do it the way I think He's going to do it. And if I get bent out of shape because He do it, doesn't do it on my timetable and the way I think He's going to do it, I'm going to miss out on what... He's doing. Why? Because the devil will say, well, God doesn't really love you. See, He's not doing things like you think He should do. 
The devil is such a liar. He is, man, he is just, he is so bad. Like he's so evil. He twists everything. He works everything. And what, what is his motive? I want you to go back to the Garden of Eden real quickly with me. I want you to see what was his motive in the garden to get Eve not to trust God. Do you realize that's what the original sin started with? A lack of trust in God. Amen. Hath God said, God, you're not surely going to die. You know what? God's just telling you that because He wants uh, to have something over you. He wants to keep you in, in this dummy state. He doesn't want you to be like Him. What, what was He saying? You can't trust God. Are you with me? You, you think this is new? You think it's new that the devil's going to come to you and say, Oh, you can't trust God because see, he didn't do it like you thought. He, and he didn't say that for him. He didn't heal him. He didn't do it. And you're, you're thinking, Well, you know what? You know, devil, you got a point. <laughs> you're not even thinking it's the devil. You're just, you know, it's in your mind. Your mind's like, Why? Because the carnal mind is enmity. It's in warfare with God. Yes. And so your mind is telling you the devil's inspiring thoughts that are trying to make you think, I can't trust God. I, I can't put all my trust in God. I can't even see Him. So how could I trust Him? Mm. I wish somebody would let me know I'm talking today. Amen. I, I want you to understand this. When it comes to your job, when it comes to your career, you, you can't put everything in your life, you can't trust everything in your life, your, your relationships, your money, your health, if you trust something that can be taken away in a single phone call. You are building on a very shaky foundation. When it comes to that job that you uh, love so much, it, this is how it might go one day. A mysterious meeting will appear in your calendar to which uh, there are only two invites other than yourself. It's your boss and somebody from HR. For a multitude of reasons or for no reason at all, that meeting will probably lead to you being fired made redundant or offered a compromise agreement. Don't depend on your work to always be there for you. But I've got some good relationships with people and I know these people and I've, I've got solid connections. That's great, but don't trust that that's always going to be there. But I've got some money put away in the bank and, and I've got a lot of money. If, if, if anything should ever happen, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be okay because I've got health insurance and I've got money and I've got all this stuff. And, and even if I got really sick, I could still take care of it with what I've got. Don't fool yourself. Trusting God is defined by Wesley like this, to wholly rely upon God's promises and providences. So this idea goes a little further by Matthew Henry. He elaborates it in his commentary. He says, We must believe that He is able to do what He will, wise to do what is best, and good, according to His promise, to do what is best for us, if we love Him and serve Him. We must, with entire and entire submission and satisfaction, depend upon Him to perform all things for us. That's what trust is. That's what trust is. God, You're in control. You know what I have need of. You are fully aware. Man. And some of you look at me and you're saying, well, Pastor, that's nice because, you know, look at your world. It's just... It's just perfect. You got a good family and good people around you. You know, my goodness, you're pastoring two churches. That's just by any stretch of the imagination, you know, nobody would think that you've got any storms or struggles. I'll trade you places for one day at least. One day, just one day, I'll, I'll trade you places. Because here's the deal. <laughs> When you trust God, and you try to trust God in the way that I do, God allows you sometimes to be challenged. Yes, that's right. Because, see, it's not fair for me to preach to you guys about trusting in God if I don't have to learn how to trust in God. Amen. I won't even go into some of the, the stresses, some of the things that try to weigh me down. I told my wife just last night, I said, I cannot wait until things get leveled back out. I just feel like everything is just... Oh, Pastor, it's going to be fine. Right. I know. But it's kind of like just 
picture with me. It's kind of like if you had a big tree fall on your house. And that big tree sitting right in the middle of your house or your apartment or wherever you stay. And it's not getting fixed. And the insurance doesn't want to do anything about it. And you say, oh, it's going to be fine. And I can tell you for you, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to get taken care of. But you know what? I'm the one that's responsible to make sure it gets taken care of. And so I have to live with that every day until it gets taken care of. And I'm thinking about this. Hey, you know, my mind will, will have a break for a minute and then it'll go back to, okay, we've got to get this and we've got to get this and I wonder when this is going to happen I wonder when that's going to happen. There's every chance that I, every little chance that I get, there's, there's this temptation. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to try to do all this by yourself? Or are you going to just trust God? And, and I've got to trust in the Lord. This first part of this scripture says, trust in the Lord. What does that mean? How do I trust in the Lord? This is, that's good to say it's a great verse to quote, right? But how do I really do it? Well, the first thing I have to do is I have to trust God's Word. We've got to learn to trust God's Word as He is revealed to us through His Word. The primary way God will speak to you today is through His Word. Everybody say the Bible. The Bible. That's why you need to read the Bible. Amen. That's why you need to make the Bible a part of your life every day because we have got to determine in our mind that God's Word is truth and it can be trusted. Yes. If we don't trust the Word of God, we can't trust God. That's why if you don't believe in the beginning God created, forget the rest of the Bible. You believe in evolution, you believe in the Big Bang, you believe in some various form of scientific hoo-la-la. I'm just telling you right now, you can just scratch it up, you won't believe something in the rest of the Bible. You have to believe the very basic thing. So when you take the Bible as God's Word, that it is truth and that it can be trusted, only in the Bible can we find guidance which never fails. Dr. Phil will fail you. Oprah will fail you. Ellen will fail you. They will all fail you. You better turn to the book, amen, that will never let you down. Amen. Now... This is what some people do. I'm going to get real touchy here for a second. Like, you know, like I'm not ever touchy, right? But I'm going to get real touchy for a second because uh, don't go to God and, and seek after the answer if the answer can be found in the Word of God. Now, let me explain a little further. If you go to God and you're trying to get God to tell you something different than His Word, it's not going to happen. So if you do that, what you do is you immediately fall down at the first hurdle and you give the devil permission to speak into your life. Because this is what you're saying, God, I don't trust your word. And so boom, there you are. And the devil has free reign to say whatever he wants to say. If I don't trust the word of God, then who am I going to believe? So here's the deal. Uh, a command in the Bible does not need to come to you through specific revelation or some, you know, something, uh, you know, a big flash of lightning for it to be binding upon you. It can just be as simple as trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. If I know that, then something can uh, take hold of me that I trust His Word. Don't wait for God to speak to you about baptism in Jesus' name. If you want to follow Him, obey what He's already said in His Word, and you can plainly read for yourself. If you can plainly read it for yourself, you don't go to God and say, God, now I'm not sure what to do here. Like He's already spoken it. You know, I, I have people sometimes that I counsel and I tell them, I said, look, if, you, if you'll do what I advise you to do, if it doesn't work, I'll take the blame. That's fine. But if you're not even going to try what I'm telling you, don't come back to me and ask for any more advice. Why? Because if you're not willing to do what I've already told you, forget about it. Right, Natasha? That's how you feel when you're talking and advising and counseling people. If you're not going to listen to what I'm telling you, then, then why are you coming to me? Amen. <laughs> Can you imagine how that appears to God? Like, God, tell me something different from your Word. He's like, no, it's in the Word. There's, they look, we, we've got the Word of God to steer us in the right direction. We've got the Word of God that we can trust. There was a, a leading Christian gynecologist one time who made the mistake of seeking God for a sign regarding abortion. He was given a sign in a vision that claimed it was fine to encourage a change in the law that would allow abortion. 
Well, let me just say this about that. One thing is for sure, that vision was not from the same God who said, in the womb I knew you. Amen. I formed you. you were the, I knew you even before anybody knew you existed. Well, anyways, I don't know if you I don't know if y'all believe what I'm preaching yet. It just seems like it's a little quiet for what I'm preaching. I'm, I'm saying you can trust God because you can trust His Word. Right. Right. Amen. Not only can you trust God's Word, but another way that I trust in the Lord is I trust His ways. What would Jesus do? Right? right? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle it? Mercy and truth are always the best way of handling a situation. For example, simply ask yourself, what is the most truthful and merciful way of dealing with this? And how would Jesus handle it? That's often the best solution to what should I do now? How should I treat people? How should I handle this situation? We must believe that God is almighty, He is all-powerful, and He is all-knowing. He is God, and His decisions are infinitely better than ours. So pray about it before you do it. Pray about it. God, how would you have me handle this? God, open the doors that need to be opened. Shut the doors that need to be closed. God, I pray that you would, if it's not right, that you would just cut it off and there would be no... Come on, Look. Yes. You, you're not hearing me. You, some, some of you think that I'm just up here just talking for my own help. I, I am help, talking for my help, and I'm trying to help you. If you don't pray about it and you don't give God a chance, amen, then how can He direct your path? You, you've got to trust His ways. Amen. You're going to buy a car. And, and, and some of you are like, oh, yeah, God doesn't mean I don't need to ask God what kind of car I should get, what, what, how much I should spend, and where I should get it from. You're a fool. Right. Amen. I don't need to ask. I don't need to consult God about my house purchase or if I'm going to move or if I'm going to do this. You're a fool. I'm not saying that. That's the Word of God. That's what the Word of God says. But why? Because you're building on a shaky foundation. The wise man and the foolish. Look, I'm not calling people fools just to call people. I'm saying that's what the Bible says. Say if you're not building on the right foundation, you've got to build on the right foundation. The right foundation is God. I want your will to be done in my life. I want your way to be done in my life. God, if you don't want us to have this car... Shut the door. Amen. Now, if we shouldn't have this house, let somebody else get it first. Come on, sis. Look, yeah, I know. Y'all think I'm crazy, but that's how I live my life. I trust God. You know, I, I trust God. I trusted God about this building. I trusted God about that, that building before. I trust Him about the building now. Amen. I trust Him about my house. I trust Him about my vehicles. Now I have to trust Him about my kids. Amen. Oh, y'all don't want me to go there. Yeah, you with little kids is coming. Yep. With the little babies, and they're so sweet, and they're wonderful, and you can, you know, snatch them around wherever they need to go. That's fine. You wait till they get a little older. You'll have to really start trusting God more. You know? And so you're laughing at me. You know, right? Because you've seen, you've seen me raise my kids. You know? It's not easy. You have to trust God. Now, you trust God through His Word. You can trust God through His ways. But there's another way that you can trust God. You can trust God in others. We don't talk about this a lot. And I don't ever try to uh, take advantage here. But there are people that God has put in your life whose godly and spiritual wisdom is one of the ways that God chooses to guide you. If you have a pastor in your life, and I know some of you, I am your pastor, most of you hopefully, amen. Thank God for your pastor. Amen. You know something, look, I am not a perfect person, and outside of spiritual authority, I'm not the, like the smartest you know, uh, tool in the shed, or whatever, sharpest tool in the shed. I, I can't even get the analogy right. <laughs> But here's the deal. You know, God has placed me in your life. God has put me in people's lives. And part of having faith in God and trusting Him is trusting that God will give you wise counselors, amen, and help you discern God's ways and God's plans for your life. Amen. I'm thankful that God has put people in my life that have come alongside me and said, and I can trust in their counsel and I can say, hey, what do you think about this? And they say, no, don't do that. Right. 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 I'm thankful for that. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've looked back and said, man, I'm glad I didn't whatever it was. Mm -hmm. 
Or, or there are times where they said, you know what, you really should start doing this. And, and I started, and I'm so thankful that I started. I, I can tell you one of the things right now that, that God gave me wise counsel through somebody when I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. My wife and I uh, were in a very difficult time and somebody gave us the wise counsel. They said, I know you're hurting right now, but you pray for those people. You pray for that person every day. You pray for them every day. And when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, you just pray for them every day. You know what I did? I learned forgiveness through that. Yeah. Had I not learned forgiveness, guess what? The Scripture says I couldn't be forgiven, so you'd be having a reprobate pastor. So I thank God for, for the, the wise counsel that I got to show me, hey, you can trust God. God will take care of everything. Just keep putting it back into His hands. Just keep trusting Him. Amen. Wise counsel will help you get further than you thought you could go. Amen. This is not a new theory. This is a proven method. We, we find it through the Old Testament and the New Testament and God's Word. One of the best ways you can find out is somebody steering me right is look at their advice and compare it to Scripture. Now, there's some things, you know, uh, that, that don't, you, you, you can't find them in Scripture. You know, there, there are a few things that you can't, but there's principles, right? You know, there are principles. You can, you can circle back to this. You can trust people who are solid in trusting the Word of God. Yeah. You got it? If somebody's steering and somebody says, hey, you know, John, you know what you need to do? This is what you need to do. You know why you need to do it? This, this scripture says, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Not only did I get wise counsel from somebody that God placed in my life, I also circled back to the Word of God that I can trust in. So now I've got wise counsel and the Word of God. Now it's specific for my life. Are you, do you see the benefit of this? And I can trust that God knows what's best for me. I, I don't always see uh, five years down the road. I don't even see sometimes three years down the road or two years or one year. Not even a couple months sometimes. But God knows the end from the beginning. And so He places these people and these things in my life. And He says, look, if you are just open to it, and you'll surrender to me. I can, I can take care of this for you. There's not, uh, there, there's not anything that I can't trust God for. What can I not trust God with? Ask yourself that question. Is there anything I cannot trust God with? Can I trust Him with my health? Can I trust Him with my finances? Can I trust Him with my family? Can I... What is it? What is it that you can't trust God with? See, we put it on our money, but we, most of us don't even really believe it. In God we trust. But do we really? Do we really? So the Scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now let's look at the next part. And lean not to our own understanding. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor. Uh, what else am I going to do? You know, that's why God gave me a brain. I've had people actually say those words to me. God gave me a brain. Why, should, why wouldn't I trust myself? That's the exact wrong answer. Don't trust yourself. Right. Look, if there's one person you can't trust, it's yourself. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. How many of you are laughing because you know I'm telling you the truth? Amen. You can't trust yourself. Amen. Most worldly ideas are pure foolishness. We cannot put trust in flesh, especially our own. Relying on our own understanding or the wisdom of this world is a sure path to failure. So we've got to actively determine not to rely on our own thinking. I can't get stuck in thinking that I know what's best. One famous preacher says that this is the core of true prayer. He says true prayer is not leaning on your own understanding. You're truly praying when you say, Oh God, I don't know. This is your thing. I, you're, I'm going to have to trust you on this. About whatever you want to do here. <laughs> of course... It's not that our minds themselves are the problem. It's rather, it's us depending on our minds. God did give you a brain. He did. But you can't depend on it to get you out of everything. We need to allow our minds to be shaped by the Word of God. His ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 9. What seems reasonable to us is not necessarily right to God. What we may think, oh, that sounds right. That sounds good. Anybody ever done that? That sounds good. You know, when I was a lot younger, there were some things that sounded good, so I got involved with them. And I look back and I'm like, how dumb was I? I mean, really, that was stupid. Now, sometimes we, we think, uh, well, you know, smart people, you, maybe that's because you, Pastor, you're not real bright. Maybe, it's, maybe that was the problem. I'm smarter than you, Pastor. Okay, here we go. You ready? Smartest man that ever lived. Solomon. Solomon. So, some of you are smart enough to know that. 
Wisest man that ever lived. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. And we can trust the Bible. Solomon was the world's wisest man. He wrote much of the book of Proverbs. But Solomon says, you know, you could say, you know, Solomon, God gave you your common sense. You should just follow your common sense. This way makes sense, so God must be in it, right? At the end of Solomon's life, this is what he shares with us about what he learned. No, I will not depend on great wisdom and understanding. Don't you realize how puny that is? I know in part, God knows fully. God may seem foolish at times to me, but even that foolishness is far wiser than the wisest I could be. God gave me my brains, yes, but I will trust in Him first. I do know what I'm talking about. After all, I didn't always do that. Kings have lots of wives, and it seemed reasonable to me that I should marry to extended treaties, to extend these treaties with my neighbors. When the wives wanted me to join them in worshiping their gods, it seemed sensible to me to do so. After all, if I went with them, perhaps they would come with me to God's temple and would be converted. How wrong I was. The truth is that though you think of me as a wise man, and I accept that God has given me wisdom, I think of myself as a fool. You see, the great paradox of the book of Proverbs is that wise people are extremely aware of their foolishness. Fools think that they are wise. To put it a little bit more starkly, if you, think, if you don't think you're a fool, you're a fool. Ooh, somebody didn't like that. Man, I felt somebody's spirit, right? Don't you call me a fool? Don't you know what the Bible says? You have to be absolutely, accurately, intimately aware of your limitations, of all your weaknesses, of all of your flaws, of all of your besetting sins, of all of your areas of foolishness. And if you don't, you're going to make stupid choices all the time. Amen. It's tight, but it's right. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy for us to accept that. It's not, it's not to say that your reason and your, your decision making is always worthless. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we apply our reasoning to understand the ways of God. We, we seek to know the ways of God, but we recognize the frailty of our own minds. We realize that we can have a hidden agenda. <laughs> not me, Pastor. I'm not. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yes, you do. Look, if I could tell I could tell you anything with absolute certainty is that all of you, everyone in this room has a hidden agenda. That's right. Oh no, Pastor. <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> Musicians come. The altar's open. <laughs> you know who you are. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we've got to understand that if we are trusting in ourselves, if we are trusting in our own minds and our own abilities and our own talents and all the things that, by the way, God gave us, we're missing the point. We can only operate so far on our own level. When we start operating on God's level, His ways are much higher. We start operating at a higher level. And then we start functioning at a higher capacity. We start being able to take on larger challenges. Why? Because He said, through me you can do anything. Amen. I know that you know this, but the Bible lets us know that through God all things are possible. So some of you say, I'll never. Yes, you can. You can do it with God. I can never be good. I can never be right. I can never be righteous. Yes, you can. God can give you the ability. Amen. He will strengthen you. Uh, the, the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon, he never preached a whole sermon on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but he, he really summarized it good with these two points. He said, to be saved, you must trust Christ. You must simply trust Him. Wholly trust Him. Trust Him implicitly. Let no other confidence intervene. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust Him for everything. For the pardon of your sins. For the righteousness which justifies your soul. For the grace which renews your heart. For the power which guides the new creatures in a new course. So before salvation, during salvation, after salvation. Everything must come from Christ. You are to rely on Him because He is God. 
Because being God, He became man that He might put Himself into the place and room instead of those who have come to seek shelter under His protection. He stooped to suffer what they ought to have suffered, to pay the debt which was due from them to the justice of God. If your faith is fixed upon Christ, the great substitute for sinners, you shall be saved. If you trust in Jesus, if your trust is completely in Him, uh, Spurgeon went on to say, I meet with people every day who tell me that though they have been attending a place of worship for years, they do not know what the Gospel is. He said, alas, in many cases, they cannot plead that it is not preached to them, but it is painfully evident in their ears that their ears are deaf, that they hear not, and their hearts are waxing gross by sin that they feel not. Such ignorance is terrible. Do not seek to understand the gospel. Do seek, I'm sorry, to understand the gospel because a clear knowledge on this subject, though it will not suffice to save you, it will whet your appetite for the salvation which they enjoy who walk in the light of the Lord's countenance. I don't know if you you pick up on all that. He had kind of a... Uh, an older English way of saying some of these things, but I, I want you to understand what he's saying. He's saying you can trust God not just for your salvation, not just because of salvation, but even until from salvation until we are sanctified and justified and right with Him for eternity. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. It's dangerous to lean to your own understanding. It's dangerous to trust in what you say that you can do. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways. Somebody say all. All. That means in all of my Sunday ways. In all of my Sunday and Bible study and life group ways. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Amen. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Jesus in every step that you take. So the only way to have a fulfilling life is to stop relying on your own savvy and start relying on God to provide the necessary turns of affairs. God, you, you got this. You got this. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got this. I, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, I, I recently saw a movie about Paul uh, the Apostle of Christ. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, a neat place in the movie where uh, Paul wakes up and he's having this nightmare, and, and uh, he's he's remembering these people that were that he martyred, that he was part of their uh, their demise for living for Jesus, and and he wakes up and it's like you could tell he's he, it's a nightmare, and he wakes up from it, and and he says to himself, his his your grace is sufficient, your grace is sufficient. I I, I don't know if you're 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 understanding this, but you can't trust yourself. Amen? Saul trusted himself. He, he was killing Christians. He was persecuting Christians. And Jesus had to step in and say, Look, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Amen. And so Jesus forgives him, brings him uh, uh, through, and, and he uh, faces a lot of torture and persecution and imprisonment and all this stuff that he deals with. And, and I, I made the comment to somebody in my family. I said, look, you've got to understand that Paul was probably terrorized by his mind every day. Think about knowing the things that he had done. And now he's saved. Now he's, he's living for God, but he couldn't trust his own. He knew he couldn't trust his own mind. He knew that he had to trust God. Amen. The third commandment of these, this verse right here that we're reading in all your ways, acknowledge Him, is really about applying the first two. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. It's really uh, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. It's like in every step, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Some people claim that they want to be guided by God, but the reality is they want to fit God into their plans. They want to, you know, package Him and put Him right in His category in their lives. If they pray at all about their latest plot, plan, or scheme, even insist, what they're trying to do is insist that God would bless their plans. A Christian starts from a different point. They want to follow God's plan for their life. So what does this look like whenever I, whenever I want to uh, trust God and I want to in all of my ways acknowledge Him? Well, that's a good question because some of us, we, we are doing well at acknowledging God in most of our ways. It's really quiet in here. I, I think you've, I've lost you. 
Somebody's toes hurt me. Is that what's going on here? Toes being stepped In most of my ways, acknowledge Him. No, no, no. In all of our ways. Well, what does that mean? I, I don't know that I can do that. In all of my ways, in, in everything? Yes, here's amen. The, here's the cool thing. When, I, when you send an application in for a job, there should be a caution or a pause. When you go to buy a house, when you go to do anything major in life, there should be a pause. There should be a pause that comes and says, God, you know, I think this is right. I've prayed about it. But God, if this is not right, you close the door. God, I, I feel like this is the right way. But if it's not, God, I give you the liberty to shut it all down. Hallelujah. But I want it. Yeah, I know. But you're not acknowledging Him in all your ways if you're insisting that He does what you think He should do. Now we know we can pray according to His will and He hears us. We know that as we pray for people's salvation that He's not willing that any should perish but all come to repentance. We know that He's the healer. So if we pray for people's healing, we know that that's all according to the will of God. No problems, right? It's just sometimes about our personal situations that we're like, I don't really know if I need to ask God about that. Yes, yes, we do. Because that is acknowledging Him in all of our ways. How many of you uh, are married? Wave your hand at me. Okay, how many of you would make a big life decision without consulting your spouse? Alright. So, very minimal. <laughs> very minimal. Now, the point that I'm trying to make, okay? The point that I'm trying to make is most of us would not. So, why would we make a big life decision without saying, God, what do you want? What do you want? You know? I can tell you right now, if I went out and I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and I said, oh, by the way, honey, by the way, I just spent all of our retirement, all of our kids' college money, I spent everything. It's, it's, I just wanted you to know, okay? It's all right. It's good. She would have every right to be mad. Like, I'm not talking about not speaking to me, man. Like, you know, kill me in my sleep, man. <laughs> She'd be mad, mad, right? Why? You just don't do that. You don't make those big, huge decisions without consulting the people who it really concerns. And so when I'm making life decisions and I've already given my life to God, I owe it to Him to say, God, what do you want in my life? This is not swing from the chandeliers that we don't have, but... <laughs> Even if you are absolutely sure that you're going down the path that's God's will, you've got to say this, God, not my will, but Your will. If I'm wrong, God, show me. Speak to me. Have somebody tell me. Tell somebody else to walk up and just out of the blue. Tell me. You're wrong. You're, this isn't right. You have never had somebody do that. Well, I have, I've had somebody do that. Shut a door. God, do whatever you need to do. I want to be kept on track here. This is what James 4 says about it. This is the attitude. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say... This is what you ought to say. This is what the Bible says. Look, I'm not making this up. If the Lord wills, then we will live and do this or that. Amen. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Sometimes you will feel unsure of what the right path is, but you will just you just need to decide. Just do it. Just just go forward. Okay. If God doesn't shut the door, just just move forward because it's easier to guide a moving ship. Do something. Make a step. Right? Don't commit yourself emotionally or in any other way initially, but hold on to it lightly. And then, you know, it'd be better for you to look like a fool by withdrawing an offer on a house or fouling up an interview, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, whatever, than, than to force your way into something that is not of God. God will use a wealth of things to guide you. I believe that if you, you know, if I would apply for a job and then go be interviewed, if I do my best, but I ask God to close the door, if it's not right, He'll close the door. If I ask Him for any business opportunity and I say, God, I believe this is Your will, but it's not. if it's not, shut the door, and He shuts the door. He will, this is the promise, He will direct your path. Look at your neighbor and say, He will. <laughs> you can trust Him, He will. 
You, you can trust God. He will. See, here's the vital truth that we miss in these first three things. Sometimes God will send an unpleasant person in your life and a set of circumstances that you don't like to fulfill His purpose for you. C, failing trusts, exhibit A. Amen. Oh, pastor. Oh, you know, it's going to be okay. It's, 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 it's fine. Everything's great. Yes, I agree. But sometimes He sends things unpleasant into your life to fulfill His purpose and guide you in the way He wants you to go. As Joseph said it like this to his brothers at the end of his life about their decision to sell him as a slave to Egypt, he said, as for you, Genesis 50 and 20... You thought it was evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. (laughs) You you meant it for evil, but you know, it's okay. God put you there. I don't like it, but He put you there. (laughs) Woo! Well, look, I'm preaching now, so y'all don't want to tell me how good I'm preaching, but I'm preaching now. Man! I don't want to talk about the unpleasant people in my life and all the unsettling circumstances in my life, but they are forming me into what God wants me to be. And I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. I know! I don't like it, but I know it's working for my good. Amen. I don't like it, but it's working for my good. Amen. Amen. As they come to the music... Similarly, there are other, some other Bible verses that you can kind of get a feel, right? Maybe you feel like you've already blown it, though. He's like, well, you know, Pastor, uh, I didn't handle my unsettling or unpleasant circumstances so well. You should see how epically I failed. <laughs> right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Woo! Right. Look, you are not alone. Peter was the original, like, epic failure of Pentecost, right? Like, he's the one, I mean, he's like, Jesus, I will never deny you. (laughs) I know best, Jesus. He's like, "Uh, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. I will never deny you. (laughs) I, I, I would rather die. Right? This is what Peter says. And then things get really unpleasant. Things get really difficult. And Peter does some things he never thought he would do. He was leaning to his own understanding. You know, Peter was known for this. He was a hothead. Like he was known, I know what's best, Jesus. We should build three temples right here. Peter has it all figured out, you know. Jesus, if it's you, I'm coming out there. Peter, you're so headstrong. You really think you got this figured out? You think you've got, you know, everything to, and, and, and you're going to die for Jesus? And yeah, I bought me a sword and watch me. I'm going to whack off this guy's head and that doesn't work out so well. <laughs> and he shall direct thy paths. So here's the, good, here's the good news. For those of you that feel like a Peter and you've epically failed, the good news is He shall direct thy paths. Now, what you have to start doing is trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him. Now, the good news is you might have not done so well on that in the past. Start doing it today. Start saying, God, I trust you. God, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't know how this is going to end up, but I trust you. God, I, I'm placing this in your hands. You are in control. Amen. So if you feel like you've already blown it, you've made your path crooked already, guess what? You need it straightened out. You need your path straightened out. You know who can do that? There's the promise right here. Determine to follow these conditions. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will lead not to my own understanding. I will acknowledge Him in all my ways. And God will re-straighten. That's what that word means in the original. Re-straighten. He will re-straighten your path. Why? Because it was crooked. You were, you were going the wrong way. But He wants to re-straighten. you got to get back into the center of God's will. And the only way to do that is to trust in the Lord. Lean not to thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge Him. And then the promise comes true. Amen. 
He directs your path. Would you stand with me? You know what's amazing to me? And I'm closing. I know you're worried. Don't be worried. Don't be stressing. It's okay. What amazes me is that God can take, and this is what I love about God, God can take the mistakes and the sins and the failures of your past. We all have them. You're, you're not alone. We all have it. We've all made... Oh, mine are worse than yours, Pastor. Look, let's not compare. Okay? Comparing ourselves among ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. So let's, let's just leave that. Let's say we all have them. And sin is sin in the eyes of God. Amen. That's right. We all have. There are, are things that I, you know, I told somebody uh, just yesterday. I said, you know, there are some times when I think back to the things in my past and it just haunts me. Yes. It just bothers me. Anybody like that? But here's the deal. You're not alone. And what God wants to do today here in this place is He wants to take the sins of the past and He wants to apply those things that you have learned and that you have now. Okay, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to place my life in your hand. And what He wants to do is He wants to take those things and He wants to put that, mold that, shape that into His purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if you heard me, but he wants to take the sins from your past, the things that you've epically failed in the past, and he wants to use that to form you into what he has intended for you and make you a blessing to everyone around you. That's his intention. I know you've heard it said before, and there's a song that says, you took something beautiful, or you made something beautiful out of my life. You took something that was broken, and you made beautiful out of my life. Yes, yes. All my confusion, Jesus understood. All I had to offer was brokenness and pride. But He made something beautiful out of my life. If you'll offer Him brokenness today, if you'll say, God, I, I, I give you my heart. I know it's broken. I know it's messed up. I know there's things that, God, they're not pleasing to you and there are things that the devil haunts me with every day. God, I turn these things over to you and I trust you. If you'll turn those things over to Him today, He will make something beautiful out of your life. He, he will take the things that you thought there was no hope and, and no God could possibly never use me because these things in my life, there's just, there's just so much. And you're feeling spiritually, you're feeling overbooked. There's no way. God couldn't use me. God couldn't do anything with me. If you only, if pastor only knew, he wouldn't even shake my hand on Sunday. The devil is a liar. If you knew everything about my past, you wouldn't shake my hand anyways. You say, Pastor, well, what are you saying? I'm saying that God wants to take the, the past and He wants to make beauty out of it. You just have to follow the simplicity of these two verses. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. If you want a life that's filled with peace and if you want God to straighten things out, that's where you begin. Right here. Right here. God, forgive me. God, I have trusted you like I should. I trust you today. I'm turning this over to you. You know what's best for me. In God we trust. Is it just a statement on the coin or is it going to be the motto for your life? This altar is open today. I, I want to just invite you to step out of your seat. Walk down to this altar. Amen. Find a place today. I don't care where you are. I, I wish this whole altar, this, this the whole place would turn into a prayer room today. Because God is able. Amen. He wants to turn something ugly, something that you are ashamed of, into something beautiful that He can work through, that He can use in your life. In this place today, God's calling you. Don't wait. Don't wait on somebody else. Don't say, look, I, I know that you're talking to me, but I, I can do no. Just start right now. God, I trust you. God, forgive me for the areas of my life that I haven't turned over to you yet. And he'll make something beautiful out of your life.